Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. This report brought to you by Japanese Village. Mouthwatering meals prepared right at your table. Four locations, Northgate, Downtown, Southside, Sherwood Park, or visit jvedmonton.ca. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Into the third period now in Toronto. Still waiting for the first goal between the Maple Leafs and the Flames. Here, we've always charted our own path. Don't you hate it when that happens? Uh, Patriots lead the Bills 6-0. They are early in the second quarter. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, You know what? If you look at this century, and we're, you know... 18 years in now, so we can kind of put that in a group. If you talk about this century and probably went up to most uh, fans of the Big Four in North America and said, well, what teams have just really stunk this century? Unfortunately, one of them, most people would probably say, has been the Edmonton Oilers. Despite going to the Stanley Cup final and almost winning it in 2006, they had a decade of extreme futility, high draft picks, and never really improving. Hopefully some signs of that this year, and they did make the playoffs a couple years ago. Uh, The other team that would probably be listed as a stinker would be the Cleveland Browns, who uh, a couple years ago went 1-15 and followed that up with an 0-16 season. And today they fired their coach, even though they've won a couple games. Uh, to discuss some of the storylines in Cleveland, pleased to welcome Mike Borman from CBS Radio. Mike, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, buddy. Let me just say that uh, the Edmonton Oilers look like the Patriots compared to the Browns because this is uh, this has been pretty bad. I mean, to say that you at least got there, I mean, is one thing, but the Browns haven't even haven't even really sniffed that since uh, they came back in the league in '99. So. It's been it's been ugly, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully, the uh, the search for a head coach will end with somebody that can uh, you know bring some winning and, and consistency to this this franchise. Uh, I, I went back and then looked here at the seasons they they did make the playoffs in '02, and I think I remember that game. I think they blew a 12 or 13 point late in the lead late in the game of the Steelers. The Steelers. Yeah. 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 And ten and six in oh seven, and then a bunch of four, five, or or fewer win seasons. People don't really remember those reads when, when you, you know when you, when you're talking about one and thirty one, and you're talking about zero oh and sixteen, and you're talking that yeah, that people don't really yeah. <laughs> in a, a cameo appearance in a playoff. Uh, two thousand seven, they didn't make the playoffs. Right, two thousand two, um, you know. They were not only beaten in the first round, but they were beaten by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So nobody's really looking at going, well, you know, hey, that Cleveland team, they did have that 2002 season. That's that's in the rearview mirror. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, I'm glad you came on because to me, I, I and, and our play-by-play guy for Oilers games, Jack Michaels, uh, grew up in Western Pennsylvania and is a Cleveland Browns fan. So we we tend to banter about the Browns. I, I know they've actually won a couple games. They got a tie. They've had several overtime games, so they've been close. And then I see them firing the coach, who at least has a couple of wins this year after having won in the last two seasons combined. So you're there covering all this, Mike. My question would be, why now? Why why is now the time to pull the trigger? Uh, that's a legitimate question. I mean, you, you would think that 1-31, uh, uh, one might come to the conclusion that this might not be my guy as far as the head coach, but Jimmy Haslam's a different sort of owner, and I'm not sure it's different in a good way. Um, you know, you mentioned a couple wins this year, and there's a lot of excitement heading into the season. I mean, they had they finally brought in a a general manager, and that that's been a, a you know a, a sore spot I think for many fans here. Is for the longest time Haslam has just he's he's misfired on some of the, the front office choices, which again trickled right down. Uh, he finally got himself a GM and John Dorsey who's very well respected and, and very good at what he does. Um, but the stipulation was Dorsey could come on board last year, but Hugh Jackson was going to get one more season or at least to start the season. And, you know, Dorsey in that situation didn't really have much of a choice because, again, that's what Haslam, what we're led to believe is what Haslam uh, put on the table for him. So, that happens and uh now all of a sudden you know at this point you're coming off another loss to your rival in the Steelers which isn't really a rival because they've just kicked your butt over the years um and really the last two games I think has been a microcosm for um you know what the Browns have been under Hugh Jackson there was you know he threw the his offensive coordinator under the bus and it's just it's just constant dysfunction and uh you know they're close. They've been getting, finally getting some talent on board. Like I said, you got a general manager. Now you got to find the head coach, and and that's something that John Dorsey will be tasked with. But if if Jimmy Haslam would just get the heck out of his own way and let his let his guys do their jobs, and this might actually be a franchise with some hope. Mike Borman joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Checking in from Cleveland. He's with CBS Radio. Uh, we're talking about some coaching changes uh, in that city over the last couple of days. Okay, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shift to the NBA. And look, I- I'm not in a part of Canada where the NBA is uh, is making headlines, but uh, I'd like to think I at least know some of the big stories and the big names. And there's been no bigger name in basketball this century to go back to that than LeBron James. And I know he was playing for Cleveland, and I know he no longer plays for Cleveland. And I know Cleveland started 0-6, and then they fired their coach, Tyron Lue. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, seriously? The, like, the, one of the best players ever leaves, and you're blaming the coach? What's going on here, Mike? Well, let's, uh, let's go to dysfunction number two. Okay. Uh, you know, the Cavs. <laughs> Look, the Cavs won the title in 2016, and, and uh, you know, that pretty much had everything to do with LeBron James. And, and Dan Gilbert, I don't want to put him on the level of Jimmy Haslam, but in terms of uh, kind of a, more of the front office issues, I mean, I thought they had, I think we all thought they had a pretty solid GM at David Griffin. Um, came time for his extension and uh, for them to talk contract with him and, and Gilbert, as he usually does. 
not really a big fan of, of extending front office guys, figures that he can do it um, and don't make do without him. So he cuts him loose, and it, it just created a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff and, and just from a personnel standpoint as far as scouting and, and trades and, and, and all that good stuff. Griffin was very, very good at that. So I think you fast-forward to Kobe Altman who took over um, last year, and it just it never felt right. Now, a, a guy who's the greatest in his sport and one of the greatest to ever play the game is going to cover up a lot of mistakes, going to cover up a lot of of that, uh, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. But eventually, you know, he decides that he wants what's best for him and his family, and he goes to California, he goes to L.A., and I think what, what really bothered Dan Gilbert and and I'm not saying I was necessarily for the firing by any stretch, but the one thing that that we could have expected or maybe should have expected to start the season was a team that you know played defense and were communicating on defense. You know all the stuff that you would normally say, nah, nobody cares about that. What's the end result? Right. Well, now all of a sudden you've got some young guys, so you want to see that develop. And here we go through six games, and I was at the game Saturday. Um, against Indiana, and it's the same thing after. You know, they're talking about, well, we're not communicating on defense, and defensively we're not where we need to be. And So I think Dan Gilbert just, I mean, he is definitely one of those quick-trigger quick guys, and I think that it just, you know, he was asked, Ty Lue was asked about the culture, and he said, I don't think culture is defined by wins and losses, which might be true, but probably not what Dan Gilbert wanted to hear at that moment. So, that, you know, Thus goes the uh, the firing and 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 Ty Lu, who look. I mean, he did great things when he was here, but I think this is a a team in transition, and maybe more importantly, an owner who's in transition as far as Dan Gilbert's concerned, who doesn't really know. You know, okay, do we want to do we want to hit rock bottom? Do we want to rebuild? Do we want to try to you know salvage this and be competitive? He's gone through this before when LeBron left the first time and he didn't like it, so I think he tried to see if he could do it both ways, and it's just not going to happen this time around. Mike, what's this story I read that the new coach of the Cavaliers came out and said he wasn't sure he was the coach? Is that Was that exaggerated, or what did he actually say? No, no, no. That's <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? See, that, I, I was saying something to, to uh, I was on briefly before we had to shift to Monday Night Football, and I said that, um, you know, normally that would be like the top headline of the day, but unfortunately, or fortunately, um, the Browns go ahead and fire Hugh Jackson. So, yeah, the, the, the guy you're speaking of, Larry Drew, was the assistant coach, still is, but, you know, basically he fired Ty Lu and immediately he's given the interim head coach tag. And Larry Drew said, you know, I, I don't know anything about that. I wasn't, I'm going to need some security from Dan Gilbert before you start throwing any kind of, you know, label on me. And I think therein lies what I hopefully described to you, but I can't really in five minutes, some of the dysfunction that's going on in this organization as far as behind the scenes and, and with ownership. I mean, quite frankly, nobody really trusts Dan Gilbert. And so if Dan Gilbert's going to fire a uh, one of the most respected GMs in the NBA last year, if he's going to fire Ty Lue, whether it was deserved or not, six games in after it was clear that this was going to be kind of a rebuild, if I'm Larry Drew, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Like, okay, I'm not going to sign up for this if I don't have some kind of security, a new contract, something. So 
yeah, that's uh, that's something to be determined now too for uh, for the Cavs tomorrow. And oh, by the way, they got another game to play. It's right. it's been one heck of a day here in Cleveland, buddy. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you you have. Uh, I mean, obviously, we have a hockey team and a, and a and a CFL team that that went in the toilet the second half of the year. So I know what uh, talk radio is like when the when the fans are upset. Makes for some interesting discussion, though. Hey, thanks for giving us a sense of uh, what it's been like. A couple of busy news days in Cleveland. Uh, and I hope one day, Mike, uh, we can go on each other's shows and talk about a respective Super Bowl victory and Stanley Cup victory. Those would be nice changes, man. That'd be nice. Wait, did you? Did I hear it was six degrees there? Uh, that that's Celsius. Oh, man. that's Celsius. Okay. Uh, I will convert that for you on my phone right now. Six Celsius to Fahrenheit is forty-two. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I heard that. I, 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 we don't get the weather reports quite like that. So when I heard six degrees, I said, well, maybe it's not that bad in Cleveland after all. But, well, come to find out that <laughs> the one silver lining you could have given me, that it was six degrees there, it's actually six degrees Celsius. So no, we're six, back to the... Uh, yeah, <laughs> six Fahrenheit is minus 14 Celsius. It definitely gets colder than that here in December and January especially. So it's coming. <laughs> I, we, it's coming. <laughs> I just heard that on the on the news break when I was waiting, so I had to ask. But uh, appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate the time and uh, anything you need down the road, I'd be happy to come on. Right on. Appreciate that. That was a great chat with Mike Borman from CBS Radio in Cleveland. So the Browns, who uh, actually have won a couple games this year after winning one the previous two years combined, fire their head coach and offensive coordinator today. Uh, the basketball team, the Cavaliers, fire their coach. Uh, they haven't won a game, but they don't have LeBron James anymore. And then the interim coach steps up and says, yeah, I'm not sure I'm, I, I'm really going to be the coach here. So that's a, an interesting storyline there. Uh, you can text 636-3780-496-0063. Now 2 nothing for Calgary. Leading. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Toronto, halfway through the third. Monaghan and Lindholm scoring 55 seconds apart. home for breaking news and expert opinion inside sports with reed wilkins on 6 30 chad hey thanks a lot for tuning in tonight oilers games tomorrow night and thursday night and then we have a double header on saturday countdown to kickoff at 12 30 eskimos bombers at two at five will transition to the oilers and the Red Wings. Morley Scott has the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss coming up at 7.30. Commissioner Randy Ambrosi admitting the CFL made a mistake about how it handled Odell Willis's helmet-to-helmet hit on quarterback Zach Kolaros on Saturday. He uh, was not flagged on the play. Unnecessary roughness was called only after the riders challenged. And, I mean, as the commissioner basically said, the guys on the field made a mistake, Morley? Pretty much. Pretty much. He, well, yeah, admit he should have been flagged. He said he should have been flagged on the field, and they shouldn't have had to lose their challenge to make it right. And that's the biggest thing. He did a good move taking away all the challenges when he first came aboard as commissioner. But if you're only going to give a guy one challenge to make, 
uh, you better not have him wasted on a bad officiating call, right? And that's and that's what coaches complain about. That's what coaches don't like. Because yeah. sometimes like I, they'll be one. I think I can overturn it, but yeah. I want to see. If it. I have to use my my uh, flag in my challenge flag in the second quarter to overturn a bad call by you, what am I going to do in the last minute when I need a flag? And right. I could possibly lose the game that way. I want to save it till I need it, right? But you got to overturn it. So yeah, they made a mistake for sure, and it's funny. Like that's that's the biggest issue with this whole thing. Read to me is the inconsistency of it all. Like from week to week, you see, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we saw the hit on Mike Riley. Everyone thought it was, you know, Hamilton to Hamilton. A lot of people, you know, it was it was mixed reviews. But there's always a play, and and you go, well, if that gets called, how come that can't get called? The inconsistency. Well, and that bothers me. And that's, I mean, we we, we it's, it seems about depending on what happens in specifically Oilers or Eskimos games, or if there are other big stories in the sports world. Probably between three and six times a year on Inside Sports, we get into the replay discussion, and I always bring up, well, in slow motion, yeah, everything. I mean, that's like the problem with the catch rule in the NFL. Well, if you if you slow down a guy, the ball's always moving a little bit. Yeah, when, he, when yeah, he's going exactly, to the yeah. ground, and it might look like he's not controlling it, but at full speed. But and, and it's not just the contacting the quarterback as well. I oh, mean, sure. Even, that that catch to me that that uh, game the Calgary Winnipeg game that was a touchdown. In that one they called back. I can't see how that can't be. How long do you give the the DB, how much time do you give him to try and rip the ball out of the guy's hands after he has caught it, held onto it, and gone across the goal line? Yeah. And, and you know, the, the weird thing about it, too, in, in football rules is if that's a running play, it's a touchdown. As soon as the ball crosses the plane, it's dead, and it's a touchdown. Yeah, good point. But in a receiver, if you're a receiver, you have to, have you have to hold it, you have to take strides, you have to survive contact, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, on a... On and that a, could have cost the Eskimos still a chance to get in. Hey, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. All right, you got Jason Moss coming up. Obviously, they're back at uh, work here out of the bye. Unfortunately, this game will not impact the standings. So Saskatchewan and Calgary will finish 1-2, order to be decided. Yep. Calgary, uh, if Calgary loses, Saskatchewan's first. If Calgary yep. wins, Calgary's first. And that's the last game of the season, too, on Saturday night in BC. Winnipeg's third in the West. Yep, they'll go to whoever finishes second. And BC's going to... Going to Hamilton. Hammer. And, and Ottawa, Ottawa is hosting the East Final. Yep. Okay. Yep. Calgary up 2-0 on Toronto in the NHL. Seven minutes left in the third. Patriots lead the Bills 9-0. Five minutes left in the second quarter. And the Bucks lead the Raptors 66-60 with nine minutes left in the third. Both those teams, 6-0, coming into that game. Thanks to our guests tonight. You heard from Mike Borman out of Cleveland and Drew Remenda, Oilers analyst on Sportsnet. Thanks to everybody who called and texted as well. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell, tonight's studio operator. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The one and only Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Morley and Moss are next. Talk to you from Rogers Place tomorrow. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.